This episode of Vic's Basement is brought to you by Sony and the PlayStation 4, which comes out November 15th. Greatness awaits, and I can't wait for mine. Welcome to my basement, everybody. Hello, Scott Jones, direct from New York City. Oh, Scott's not here today. No. Is, is that Pamela Anderson? No. Who is that? Lonnie Anderson. That's Lonnie Anderson. Who's, but was, was it Pamela Anderson, too? I don't is that know. her name? I don't know. The it's, sexy one who made the sex it's, tape? It's with a Tommy, terrible female. Tommy, Tellerico, Tommy Lee? <laughs> Tommy Tellerico. five minutes in and you've already made fun of Tommy If you Tellerico. would like to order Tommy Tellerico's sex tape, it is nineteen ninety five. <laughs> three right. easy hey, listen, payments. Hey, we have a job to do. This is very serious business. Why do we have to get so serious? Podcast. Very it, serious. Why so serious? Why so serious? All right, some guy quoted said last week that yeah. I always cut you off on the show. Oh, really? It made me feel bad. Do I cut you did, off? Did you get my email? Did, no, was that you? <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't. Do me. I cut you off? Well, fuck, we well let me just we, finish. We, for we, I'm we sorry. communicate with each other. We talk to each other. You and cut this me off as friends. much as I cut Absolutely. you off. Absolutely. We always say, listen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where that, I listen. Don't know, I don't know when that started. <laughs> I used to have this boss hey, listen. when I was younger. We want to thank Sony. For their support, yeah, yeah, PlayStation yeah. 4 comes out November 15th. Guess what? 10 out of 10 for me. 10 <laughs> out of 10 from Vic. Go buy one now. <laughs> no, they rock. We are very, very grateful that they are supporting Vic's Basement. They are supporting good Canadian-made content. It's just North American. We're all, well, we're, we are we're, we're on the continent. Because we cover both sides of the 49th parallel. A couple of continental yes, gentlemen. Yes, we are. Continental yes, we are. gentlemen. But we're very grateful to Sony and the PlayStation well, 4 for sponsoring this Welcome show. back to continental gentlemen. <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> now, I had this boss when I was younger, and he would always say, Say, let me tell you something, and yeah. that was exactly the moment I would stop listening. That's right, every, right. So when we say listen, I think that's listen. that means for the other one to not hear what we're is about it a to Zelda say. Zelda reference? Listen, listen. Is that Navi? Yeah. yeah, that's that Navi, I guess. Right? Yeah, is, yeah. A, is it a Navi thing? I have a, I have a little anecdote. Can I talk about it? I love your anecdotes. All Go right. ahead. Okay, it does involve my daughter. So All right, points. it was an epiphany. So that wait I a had. second, my cockles are about to get warm. All right, here we go. Okay. Uh, so, Singing in the Rain, this is p- kind of personal. It's one of my favorite uh, movies. Yep. I, it's a musical. It's one of those things I just accept about you. Yeah, I like that I have stuff, to ex- man. I, I'm, I'm, I, I am a little uh, sentimental, for sure. And I have been since I was like five years old. Yeah, you, you cry know? easily. I like that stuff. And I always loved Singing in the Rain. It was, it was a, a movie that I loved to watch every year when it came on television. Uh, and I'm 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 not a young man, <laughs> like a super young man anymore. So I remember when it used to be an event for the show, for the movie to appear mm-hmm. on television, mm-hmm. and I would scour through TV guides. The and, what? Yeah, people t- don't know people, what that is. Pe- like the well, actual tell them physical, what it is. there were books that used to come out every week. So you'd go to the store and buy a book, well, and th- inside well, I think the book, we had a subscription because they would just arrive okay, either so in a newspaper or or it a, would come to your house. Yes, this book would come to your house, and, and what's I'd, in the book? All kinds of uh, television information on the 13 or 20 channels that we used to have back in the day of the different types of TV <laughs> 13 shows. or 20. We had two or three. <laughs> we, had three fi- we had three, was, five, and nine. I was That's in the megatropolis of Vancouver. Jesus, all boy, right? you were spoiled with 13. Anyways, Singing in the Rain, like uh, Wizard of Oz and, and lots of other fantastic old classic movies would come on once a year or couple times a year on, on uh, specific channels. So but you'd every stop time, working on your soapbox racer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I would race home from getting my uh, my, my soda pop I at the I just picture a little store. Rascals cartoon <laughs> totally, with you yeah, and like I, a little top hat. I, I, and, I absolutely yeah. was a little spanky back okay. then. But uh, I would scour looking for Singing in the Rain. And okay. If it was on, everything else would stop and I'd sit and I'd watch this movie and, and I'd be so happy. You'd be transported. What was it about this movie, though? This is the I, thing. Well, it's I want to understand. Kelly, man. He's I, just know, this I know what it is. I, I'll tell you about this movie. And, you know, I hate, I hate to sound so cheesy around this. Maybe this is kind of the stuff that got me into being an actor around, uh, you know, just the, the, it's such a fantasy filled movie. It's a homage to Hollywood and, and the best parts of Hollywood and the artifice of Hollywood. It's a really smart flick, and it has fantastic music in it, but Gene Kelly was otherworldly. He was so good. He was such a great actor and a great dancer, and he was so charismatic. And, he, you know, his, his performance of that set piece, of that Singing in the Rain set piece where he's dancing all over the place and he's so happy and, and the cop comes and he's kind of embar- embarrassed and he has to physicalize all of that. It's one of the greatest things I've ever seen on cinema, in, on screen ever, period. And it meant a lot to me when I was growing up, and it was absolutely inspirational. But 
I have now shown that exact same thing to my 19th, 19-month-old daughter on YouTube because the whole sequence is just there on YouTube. And I showed it to her, and it blew her little mind. Like, her face just completely lit up, and her mouth was totally wide. She couldn't believe what she was watching, and it's, it's just so beautiful. The music is so easy to, you know, it's so melodic and so easy to get into, and the singing and dancing is so well-crafted. So, of course, you know, she's seen some Sesame Street stuff and some, some other stuff, but this is, like, some of the best ever. And then I started to think that about how easy it was for her to be able to jump into that moment. Oh, you're thinking about your TV guide again. Yeah, yeah. and just how there is no effort now to see the best things that we've ever created. Right now, it's just to watch stuff. Because well, not even to watch, to listen. Like whenever I'm listen, looking yeah. for a music track, I don't even I don't buy totally. it necessarily. I'll go to YouTube and see if I can listen to it well, there. And how how far away are we from being able to play anything that has really impacted us instantly? Ten years. You know, not having to download, not having to have the hard drive space. Just click on something, and you're immediately playing. I already it. answered ten years. Ten years. I think it'll be less than that. But anyways. You know, it was really a profound thing for me because now she has been inspired at a much earlier age by Gene Kelly than I was, you know. Well, she's already she's, asking for it. She's, she's already singing in the rain. She wants to see it again, you know. She's she's communicating quite well, but she's really new at communicating, and she's already asking to see this clip from this movie that w- meant so much to me she, in my life. at 19 months, has probably consumed more things than we did in the first 10 years of our lives. Maybe. We don't really show her television or anything like that. I've shown you her You got a little, her on YouTube already. Yeah, but just for that. Like, we've shown her a, a clip of Wizard of, uh, of Oz. We've shown her a couple of Elmo things. We don't let her sit and watch TV. We don't put her in front of baby shows or anything like that. We're being very, uh, you know, disciplined about how much time she has in front of a screen period she, she we don't just hand her an ipad or anything like that i know and there's nothing wrong with that but we're just trying to hold off on on that stuff because we don't want her to be addicted to it but just the idea that she's seen something so young and has been transported into that space it's so young that she she asks for it and she was asking for somewhere over the rainbow you know and she somewhere over like just so damn cute but then my wife said something really profound as well. And Marcy she said, is very smart. She's very smart. She said that now that we can get everything, less things are special. You know, it's all, it's really hard to find the special now that we can have everything. And I feel that that is becoming true in the landscape that we have. And I guess it kind of underlines and underscores you know, something that is going to be very important for our jobs going forward. Like now, it's it's a question of helping people discover things that are worth the time because everything is at our fingertips now. And it you can get lost and you could just keep going down the rabbit hole and just watching and, and consuming all of this stuff. And we need choice. We need... Uh, Variety. We need to not watch things. We need to take a breath. From we need things. to be prudent. We need to be yes. more, we need we need more be, discretion. And we need we, to consume the best we stuff. Just, well, this is the thing. We talked about this yesterday over yeah. burritos at a burrito place that I will not name. It's Starbucks. a chain restaurant. Yeah. And uh, uh, But we talked about the fact that when we were, were kids, there was a very tiny amount of content to consume. And we had our whole lives in front of us. And now there's so much more content now, yeah. now that we're older. And we have less time, you know, in the rest of our lives unless they perfect the robot thing where they take our heads and our brains and put it on a robot body. Like, I'm wondering if we are, like, seriously entering the matrix where we're going to be just consuming stuff and not even aware that we are. Like, it's just going to be injected into us. I don't know what we used to do when we weren't consuming stuff. I was thinking about this the other day. What what did I used to do? Because almost every moment of every day, if I'm not working or talking to to you about consuming stuff, I'm consuming stuff. I'm watching a TV show. I'm uh, on the internet, I'm reading something, I'm watching a movie, I'm playing a video game. I'm never not consuming stuff, except, yeah. you know, maybe when, when I exercise yeah, on the weekend going or something. For a jog or whatever, yeah. yeah, that's the only time. And even then, like, I, I don't wear headphones, but a lot of people do. So there's, you're still consuming a book or, a, you know, like you're, or if you're listening to audible.com or yeah. something. You, you can always be having stuff go into your brain. And I almost feel that my brain's at the point where it's going to start just barfing stuff out again. <laughs> like, it's just too much. Like, I've, I've just I've put too much stuff in there. Well, that's why we have this, this uh, second brain. That helps us with these, you know, these the, this portable you mean electronics. My, my penis. Your penis, yeah. That's, That's why we all have your penis. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, 
But listen, I, I the you're right about the TV guide. I hadn't thought about the TV guide in a long time. Yeah. We used to get the TV guide every week. My mom would buy it at the I, market, and I would do this even though we only had three channels. I was so obsessed with movies and television. Yeah. I knew when everything was on. I had it memorized. Oh, yeah, I mean, I only sure. had three channels Me to memorize, totally. but I would go through the whole thing, and it became this kind of running joke in my family. So what's on you know, Thursday night at 7.30? Yeah. I could tell them exactly every time, yeah. and I was like a savant when it came to the TV well, guide. I, you know, I think it impacted you. I mean, look at where you are in your life, too. And I your, loved all that career. stuff. Right. I wanted I mean, to it, escape it, into the box. And, and uh, I think it's amazing, and I, you know, I think we're, we're – you and I are part of this generation that has seen that incredible transformation, that evolution, and now there's a whole world of, of uh, adult citizens that don't know a world without instant access to everything, you know? And it's, uh, it's a very unique position that human beings are in right now. Well, I mean, even there's look... There's no effort to get anything. Not to be crass, but even yeah. look at pornography. I used to have to ride my bike about 10 miles... And I used to have to put a fake mustache on and try to try to convince the counterman at Ren's Market that I was old enough to buy a Playboy. Right. And that you know, and or, well, you know or else there used to be one in the woods that you could you know you would find, or you'd find like a playing card with a girl you know like with her top off, and that would be the only pornography I would have. Now, as soon as you get on the internet, like three clicks later, you're you you are just overwhelmed with stuff. Well, we when we were in Japan, we went on a long hike. To a store that you were not super enthused, and Which I was one? so. What the we hot went toys? To the hot toys store. I was okay. I, I it was your moment. It I wanted was, you to be happy. But I, you know that was that is something in my life that I do search for. You know, I do hunt for cool collectible stuff. And then when we were shooting in the streets in uh, Akihabara, there was awesome toy stores in every corner, and it, it was blowing my mind. You know, that is something that physicalization of. Uh, of these models and things like that is something that I still really dig because there's an artisan quality to the way that this stuff gets crafted. Even if it's mass produced and it's made out of plastic or whatever, there's still some kind of uh, connection to uh, physicalizing an, imag an imaginated work, you know, an imagined work. And uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like we are so quickly moving towards the digitization and accessible kind of space of every single you know other creative work that human beings are you know able to manufacture uh it's a little it's a little freaky yeah i mean even think about the fact that you used to have to travel to the louvre to see the mona lisa yeah and now you if you google the mona lisa i guarantee five thousand images 4K, of it come up yeah 4k tour that you can spin around in 3d space you can actually probably hang upside down like spider-man and look at the uh uh, you know, like super, like the pores on the Mona Lisa's face as Leonardo da, da Vinci put it all together back Leonardo then. Leonardo DiCaprio. And yeah. you know what? The, um, the the story used to be the journey to go see the A Mona bit, Lisa, yeah. and now that's part of the story Dude, is is I, not. It wasn't necessarily seeing the Mona Lisa itself. It was how you got there. I, I had to order toys from the Sears catalog. I remember Star Wars action figures, ordering them from the Sears catalog, waiting a month or two months before they came in, and then. <laughs> like feeling like I won a damn lottery when I when it would come in and I'd yeah. go to the store and I'd pay my. And now if your Amazon the thing isn't yeah. there the next day you start shitting. It's unbelievable. No, we used to remember you used to have to send in like six proofs of purchase yes. to get a Boba Fett. Yeah, and then you had to wait like two years for it because the waiting <laughs> list for they were making them as fast as they could but they couldn't get all the Boba Fetts out the door. I know. Now speaking of Boba Fetts, I saw a Boba Fett. On the streets of New York, yeah, playing an accordion. Oh, really? Yeah, and I wanted. Was he so, playing the cantina theme? Nah, he probably was. I, yeah. We didn't linger. Okay, uh, but um, he was. It was amazing. This Boba Fett was always out there every day. And I said Enzo to Enzo, the camera guy, producer, who I was traveling with in New York to New York Comic Con. I said, "We got to get some footage of that." Hi, Enzo. We didn't stay in the same room together. We okay. had separate rooms on separate floors. All right. Okay. Yeah. He's very handsome. <laughs> but uh, New York was great. I always love going to New York City, and yeah. I, I love New York Comic Con because of all the cons out there, and you know I've been banned from San, San Diego yeah. for the Batman incident, yeah. but um, uh, it's, it's the one that I feel like has 
the darkest sort of subtext to it. Like mm. it's, you feel like you could get hurt there. Yeah. Like it's so overcrowded. They always oversell the show, and everybody's always it's wielding the, weapons and the, menacing yeah, each it's other. It's no bullshit con. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> don't it give is. me, don't give me any lip con. That's, that's right. <laughs> I'm walking here, con. Yeah. yeah. No, it's and it's great. I love that about it. And I lo- I love seeing you know all these New Yorkers. And I met people there from Toronto. People who came down from for Toronto sure. for New York Comic Con, yeah. dressed in all the you cosplay. Know, you, you might feel that, but. The thing that's true, I think, about most geeks is it stinks too. There, it's but it's there's a I guess there's they all a, stink. There's a, uh, a, 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 a uniform yeah. respect. I know. You know, there's an appreciation nobody's, for each nobody's other. Nobody's going to hurt each other. No, I mean everybody's feeling safe in that world. You know, and I, I think that it, it the cons have served a purpose to collect all of us and let us feel uh, you know comfortable in our skin and in our, and, and in the passions that we have for all of this the stuff, thing that I know? love about going to these things is is you get to kind of see uh, what's being celebrated in yeah. pop culture right yeah. now as measured by what people are dressing up as right there weren't quite as many Khaleesi's as mm. there were last year okay I only saw one or two here and there so it makes me think Game of Thrones is kind of on the wane in the cosplay universe right, right now well, how I many Tyrions did you see zero yeah no Tyrions yeah. and, and I, maybe one or two Khaleesi's uh, but there were a lot of Walter Whites dressed yeah. up in the meth cooking outfit and guys who had sprouted a goatee in a couple of days. Yeah. Uh, that was huge this year. Obviously, there's a billion Batmans, fat that ones, that's skinny the, ones. Like a fan. Yeah, because nobody dressed up as Tony Soprano. You yeah. Know? And it's, it's, he's not like a comic book. I, I guess he's counterculture and he's. He's a science nerd. Maybe that's part of it. But it, it's weird because it's a crime drama. But I think it's an easy costume to pull off. That too, yeah. You just put on the yellow yep. thing and you're good for, for a cosplay at Comic-Con. Yep. Any Grand Theft Auto Five cosplay? No, no. I know, really. all, I I know the three soon. guys were there. I saw them on the, on the internet. No, you did? Them. Yeah. That's the thing. You were here. You yeah. probably saw more of the con from here than I saw being embedded. Yeah. Because I'm too close to it. I, right. I, I thought the way they had it set up this year was better than last year. The room where they had the press area and the interviews was not below underneath the whole convention center. It was actually up above. So you got some natural light from the skylight in the terrible Javits you Center. You met Kevin Bacon? I met, this is two years in a row. I met, I, so I, I hung out with zero Kevin. Zero degrees between you and Kevin Bacon. Kevin Williamson. Yeah. I, got, I got a chance to have a conversation with him. Uh, I Kevin talked, Smith? Kevin Smith. Any, all, lots any, of Kevins. Any other Kevins? <laughs> That's all the Kevin. That's the Kevin trifecta of New York Comic Con. Uh, I got to uh, to uh, talk to uh, uh, Method Man. Oh yeah, yeah. Spent some time with him. Right on. Uh, and uh, I had I had, I had and, uh, Sean Ashmore, who you you don't know who that is, but that? he's the Ice Man in the at the X Men movies. Did I meet him? You did meet him. How do you know? Because Enzo told me that he uh, said that he watches EP. He, yeah, he did, but I I don't always know everyone's name. They just kind of when you work in the red carpet, they just hustle people over to yeah, you. They're like, sure. here's blah blah blah, and I'm yeah. like, I don't know who this guy is. Yeah, I've no, never watched your show. I know, I know. So tell me what's new in season two. Trust me, when we did the uh, MTV, uh, I've done a few carpets myself, and I remember being in the MTV carpet uh, for the movie awards. I didn't know anybody. It was yeah, you know, apart from you know George, because they always have some of the genre stuff that comes down as well. But there's all of these MTV, you know, music people and stuff like that that I, I haven't watched their music videos or I don't buy their their albums or whatever. And it it is sometimes it's nerve wracking. It's like how do I come up with a question or the, yeah, or how do shit, I say you, no? I don't want to interview you. Yeah, you know, like yeah. you know, to their to their publicist or even because they're standing right there. And if you don't want to interview them on because if they don't fit on EP, then we're right. not going to put them on the show. But it's sometimes a little like, mm, we, we don't want you on the show. And it's yeah. a little uncomfortable to say that to somebody, isn't it? We did uh, uh, Michael Imperioli, who played Christopher oh, Moltisante yeah. from The Sopranos. He's an old boy. Nice. And uh, I did uh, Was Palm. Josh Brolin there? No, Josh Brolin was not there. Okay. Too busy. Spike Lee, also a New Yorker, not there. Crazy. But Palm Clementiev, who plays uh, the heavy. Who's the guy who played Vitkus in uh, uh uh, uh, District oh, Nine. That's uh, Charlotte Copley. Yeah, she's his henchman in uh, Old Boy, and I got oh, to interview cool. her. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, I, it, it was fun. I work in the red carpets. Not my favorite thing in the world, but I was in New York City. We went to Pizzeria Suprema. That's on Eighth Avenue and Thirty First Street. <laughs> if you get to New York City, try out Pizzeria Suprema. We went there twice a day, every day. Yeah, I heard. And by the end, Enzo and I were holding our stomachs. We're like, that's it. No more pizza. Yeah, seriously. We both smelled like pepperoni everywhere <laughs> we went. It's those two guys with pepperoni. <laughs> 
Bob.com. Well, you find you find your places, right? It was like we had uh, uh, burgers in in uh, Tokyo because we were staying in a tourist the Hawaiian area. burger place. Yeah, we had yeah. Th- those way too often. Way too often. Yeah. Did you play any uh, portable games when you were traveling at all, or what'd you uh, do? You know what? Not really. No. It was this kind of thing where I was, would work all day, and you know they're long days, so we'd get there nine ten o'clock in the morning, and we'd be wrapped by six or seven. Then I'd yeah. have dinner with friends, and then we were back at the convention first first thing in the morning. Yeah, it was great to see all my New York friends. I went to Keene Steakhouse on 36th Street right. and 6th, 6th Avenue. When you were still working in New York. Did we go there? Yeah, we did. Oh, man, I yeah. love Keene's. It was yeah. so, I had such a great meal there. I got to see some of my old friends, John Tatey from the Gameological Society, yep. and Evan Narciss from Kotaku. Uh, so during the day, work at night, uh, I would hug my friends. Got to see our friend Sibel Sunar from 47 Communications. That's awesome. Uh, lots of nice dinners. Great to be back in New York. I don't know if I could go back to New York at this point. If you ever, God forbid, let me go for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't know if I have it in me. It's to, such a crush now. To do this. Oh, we went to Midtown Comics on 40th Street That's and awesome. 7th Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> have you been there? Yeah, it's an amazing That's a place. great store. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we wanted to do a story on the store, but they were so crazy. I love New work. York, yeah. I, and I love going there, and it's been a while. And that that is one of the, the interesting things about the way that the shows are produced, because I used to travel all the time. That's how I met everybody in the business, is I would physically go to their you know offices and and meet them at all these different things. That's how I met you. And because we're daily and we have teams in other cities, I, I don't travel as much. And uh, we have this family of connections and people that we really care about that sort of make up the bulk of this video game industry all over the place, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, it's, yeah, it's it's sad waxing, not to see them. You're well, waxing nostalgia. Well, I'd like to see them. I'd like, I we wish we all lived in one here. big city. No, you that's know? the thing. Like, I mean, we're we do, up here, we keep our heads down, we get the two shows We do have a day. lot of work to do while we're in Vancouver, so we don't really have a lot of time to get out and, and see everybody. I mean, we get to the studios when we can, and we do hang out with people out here, but, it, you know, it is a little... It, it, I, I do kind of miss the, the road a little bit sometimes. Ah, well, you know yeah. what? In the last four weeks... We did do a bit of traveling. The Montreal, Montreal trip. Tokyo, Tokyo trip, awesome. New York, last four weeks of my life. I've yep. been home for one week. My cats don't even know who I'm I gonna am. I'm going to be in Toronto for, for uh, an Alienware event coming up here, too. But listen, soon. while I was in New York, yeah. at New York Comic Con, I got to meet some terrific guys. You told me I should seek these guys out. They're from a company called Project Triforce. And in fact, they are the guests on today's episode of Vic's Basement. So joining us in the basement today are Rob and Drew from Project Triforce, Mm. one of the coolest companies in the video game space now because they physicalize some of the assets and some of the weapons and some of the costumes that we get to play as in these video games. Just like a lot of the superhero creatures that you guys work on. Let's hear your origin story. How did this all start? First of all, all, all those nice things you said, you know you're on with Triforce, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know. Because I don't know who those wonderful characters are. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank and, you. and obviously it's reciprocated. We love you guys and we love what you do. Um, and I'm very excited that we actually have an origin story because that even makes us that much cooler. <laughs> yeah, there was a bit of a... Uh, it, in 2008, actually, it started. It wasn't in Match.com. I think it was in... Uh, <laughs> What was it, Grinder? Maybe? Something like that. No, we're kidding. Um, yeah, we had, uh, we had both worked in the uh, comic book and pop culture industries. So it was, uh, you know, the, the industry you guys are in and uh, that we're in now. And uh, we were working at the time for a magazine publication called Wizard Entertainment. As you guys might know, it's Wizard Magazine. Um, and uh, yeah, it kind, of, it kind of just evolved from there. I think it. it at first blush, Drew and I weren't big fans of each other, I'd say. <laughs> he, right? was, he was handling PR and I was handling sales and marketing. And we often, uh, you know, it was a bit of a... Sh- sh- some it, it, was that, it was that milk chocolate and peanut butter thing, but yeah. then when we actually collided, yeah, we were like, happen? wow. So is that, is that BS or is that for real? You guys really didn't like each other at first? You were, you were natural enemies? Yeah. <laughs> we, no, weren't, we weren't mortal enemies. Yeah, it was just a you know a different different uh, worlds. Different worlds. You know, him coming from uh, Martha Stewart in television, and, and me coming from you know uh, Wall Street and and uh, you know video games and comic books. You know, so it was kind of like uh, on one hand uh, we're both dickheads, and on the other <laughs> hand. Well, that's kind of the secret, though, right? Because there's a lot of passion, obviously, around all of this stuff. But you also do have to wear a business hat and you have to kind of understand, uh, you know, the mechanics and, and uh, the relationships that you have to build in order to bring your products to market. You can't just have great ideas and great passion and great fire for this stuff if you want to make a living at it. And I guess that's the, also part of your origin is that you guys have put in the legwork doing maybe work that you, you didn't 
necessarily have the same fire for, but it trained you in order to be able to launch a, a kind of a risky business, I would imagine, with, uh, with making models and statues based around video game uh, properties, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's, uh, to answer your question, uh, Victor, I think it's gotten, that's kind of where it came from, right? Um, Drew, we slowly started befriending each other at work, and Drew was the only one who didn't, uh, I guess, laugh at the idea that I had. You know, everyone else I took it to pretty much told no, me like, a, Rob, you know. Rob said to me, he's like, you know, you know, you know what we should do, or you know what would be great, and I'm like, what? And I thought it was going to be a place to go to lunch. <laughs> he said, we make video game collectibles, really high end, and I was like, okay, like this afternoon, or <laughs> yeah. And he goes, oh, but like we should do that this weekend. It, you know, it, it sounded like a great idea. I mean, you looked around. What were people doing? People were doing movies. movies. People were doing comics. Constantly. People were doing TV. People were doing cartoons. And, and where there was a huge void. Right. Yeah, because it, it was like being a long-time uh, collector of all these things, right? Uh, comic book statues, everything from Bowen and, and all the old school stuff to um, and then the sideshow stuff as it, that evolved. And then growing up on comic books, video games, that, video games were my, was my first love. You know, right. it started with... You know, an Atari. Uh, prior to that, was a, what was it? The uh, what was the precursor to Atari? Was the one Coleco Vision? Well, that came out uh, after Atari. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, was no uh, the Magnavox uh, Odyssey? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. The television. Right. One television. I'm not that old guy. My dad told me about yeah. that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so growing up on the Atari, the Coleco, and, and we had it all, and uh, so that was my first love. Then comic books, and then got into collecting, and. Uh, I remember in the comic book boom, it was the, the time that Marvel, that was the up and coming where Jim Lee, Tom McFarlane, everybody split and did image, you know, that, yep. that whole hype. Yep. And that was when it was really exciting. X-Men number one, A through E covers, you know. Yep. And yep. Uh, like we were always, uh, Drew and I were talking about it, you always see these this level of uh, love and uh, attention and detail go into film props and television and comics, constantly comics. But I always felt like when it came to high-end or representation of high-end collectibles and stuff. Video games is always looked upon as like the wicked stepsister or the ugly, you know, stepchild or whatever you want. Now, for what's the reason behind that? Because I've been saying that for years as well. I mean, I've been going to Toy Fair probably since like 1999, and and I would see all of these, you know, incredible statues and figures and things, and I would always want video game collectibles, but they were always kind of cheeseball. NEC has been doing some pretty good stuff. There's there has been some pretty interesting work starting to bubble up a little bit. But it, it hasn't reached that fervor. Was it partially to blame with the, the marketers at the video game companies themselves, or were the toy companies just not getting it? What was the what was the reasoning behind that? I think it was a combination of both, and I think it was seen, and this is just an opinion, as, as a medium that, oh, it, it's video games. You're making toys of toys, in, in, in essence. And over the last, let's yeah. say, five to seven years, Think about the boom that's gone on in the industry, and and the fact that the duties I call fran uh, franchises like Call of Duty, excuse me, are the highest-grossing entertainment franchises right. ever. Right. Beating Harry Potter, beating Star Wars, yeah. you know, beating things that you can't possibly fathom. Yeah. And and think about the talent that's working in the industry. I mean, we get to work yeah. with artists who, who are unbelievable. Okay, well, we're and, we're going to get into that in a second here. But what I want to talk about right now is something very personal to me. Now, you guys are based in Manhattan. You talk about massive uh, successes. Grand Theft Auto V is the biggest entertainment property that human beings have ever created. And it's yeah. from Rockstar. They're down the street from you guys, so I'm sure you've reached out to them. But what I want, and I want you to make this, make it happen, is a John Marston statue or figure or something, man. I, that's one of the coolest characters I've ever seen. Just go have lunch with those guys. Can you work with them? Yeah, actually, we, we, um, we worked with uh, Rockstar Games on uh, Max Payne 3. There you go. Yeah, collector's edition. Actually, we were just talking to them at uh, New York Comic Con. Yeah, we, we did yeah. The, we did the statue that came with Max Payne Three. Yeah, and it, Red Dead is one of our favorite. I mean, literally, they're right down the block, and those guys are great, right? And especially, obviously, the New York camaraderie and. Uh, and every, yeah. everybody loves that character. How come there hasn't been a you know any just kind of answer this a, a question? Is going to be stuck. Yeah, on I it want all day. this figure. Just like honestly, <laughs> out of all the say, figures I could want we'll in game, we're going to try. We'll, we'll just, get right on it. Yeah. I mean, that was that's a great. I mean, that's oh, one unbelievable of game. Yeah, I mean, and that's one of my favorite characters, to be honest. And, and we've even talked about that. You know, when we're working on Max. Like, hey, what about a John Morrison? You know, a big, again, thirty-two inch scale. You know, again, obsessing over the detail. You've sold one. 
if you make <laughs> one sale. <laughs> We're going to need a body to sculpt it after. So. Oh, Money in the bank. Go. Right I love there. it. Well, let's talk about some of the, uh, you know, staying on the origin theme, uh, some of the first deals that you guys did and, 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 you know, how those came about and how you were able to convince people to actually pay you to make some of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, so that, that ties in back to the idea. So I remember uh, we were at, uh, we were doing Comic Cons. I think it was about our maybe 14th one that year. And Drew, <laughs> Drew and I had been burnt. Yeah. We were doing a lot yeah. of these wizard, you know, wizard Comic Cons. And uh, we were both sitting there burnt. And I was saying to Drew, you know, I collect all, I'm a huge gamer. And I can't find any cool high end stuff. And Drew, Drew was the only one I remember because I had pitched the idea to a couple of friends and family members. And, uh, you know, the reaction was always the same. Like, that's really cute. I, I admire your dream. You know, <laughs> you know, like, or, or, <laughs> yeah, she, I, I, I share that reaction. I, I, right. I, I uh, empathize with that very much. Yeah, or, or you know, with my old school European father, like, Robbie, yeah, so how's work? You know, like, you know, kind of just a brush off. And Drew, and much to his credit, was, and, and looked at, you know, with the straightest face and said, okay, you know, where do we start? What's the game plan? And I was like, hey, Drew, you, you a gamer? He's like, yeah, I'm an old school gamer. So through video games, we started, our friendship kind of evolved. And then uh, we always had a strong working relationship, even when it was, you know, combative at times because of different worlds. Uh, but never, we were always looking for the same goal. And, and you, you know, Drew said, what's the first step? And I said, well, I'm really in love with what Epic Games does. I've been playing on real tournaments since, you know, half of my friends were still swimming in their father's nuts. And, uh, you know, um, I don't know if we can say that. So I'll it's all good. It's fine. <laughs> I was an old school and real tournament fan. And I said to Drew, why don't we... You know, we had saved some money up. Why don't we dump it in creating a prototype of a Lancer and pitching it to uh, Epic Games? And, you know, and the, the idea of that even sounds nuts because how many people create things and it's like, hey, we made this. And then, you know, the publisher or the developer, how, the dev team says, yeah, it's great. You know, it's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. 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 So, and, and then, it, yeah, we caught the attention. It, it, it just, it, honestly, it's a weird thing. It yeah. wasn't like, Oh, let's do this and let's reach out to this. Yeah. It, it really just evolved. I mean, it, it really kind of happened like Rob just described. It was, hey, let's yeah. do this. And then we were doing it. And we were so, so it was kind of like a fan dream at the beginning. Yeah, so yeah. almost like, I mean, you see uh, cosplayers and things like that building their own props and things. So it yeah. kind of started like that. But yeah, then you had the acumen to be able to have a meeting with Epic and, and Microsoft and say, this is what we can do and we can sell this. And I remember those Lancer pictures. Was that the Lancer that you guys built? Like Cliffy with the Lancer in the office and all that? I remember that hitting the internet and I remember it becoming... Uh, that, that, uh, the one that Ice-T, um, the one that Ice, right? Ice-T yeah, Ice did a, a big unboxing and he yeah. was Willie. The one that Cliff did was actually, when he has pictures with ours, I guess, but the original one, that was something that NECA had done, I believe. Or, no, oh, okay. or, or Nightmare, Armor, right? Nightmare Armor Studios. Okay. Right. Aaron, guys. And, um, and, they, yeah, and, yeah. and the evolution from there, but... Uh, I mean, the, the, the Lancer being our first piece, and it was kind of, okay, starting at the top, you know, starting at the iconic weapon right. of the game. The lightsaber of Yeah, you know, it, it, it was easy, and, and you know. Well, the, creating the first one was well, not easy. Okay. <laughs> Easy. Right. We didn't have any reference. Right. We were going off of screenshots, and I guess <laughs> I guess that also caught their eye. Um, Chris Burner, the art director at the time, uh, you know, the obsession over details and decals, and decals that maybe they didn't even know existed in certain spots, you know, and, and working so closely with the dev. I mean, Drew and I, we've been saying it quite a bit, but we genuinely, and it's it's not to sound like uh, pompous, pretentious, or arrogant, although those things are fantastic. Um, <laughs> We genuinely feel we're create, recreating art, amazing art that these super talented guys, right. uh, men and women in these dev teams, uh, you know, we I think that some of the most talented uh, artists in the entire entertainment industry, hands down, 100%. including film, comics, everything. Yep. And so we really see them as, you know, not not toys, not collectibles, but art, and we see them as love letters to the devs. We, we genuinely said that was the mission, right? They're a love letter to the development teams. Right on. And it's pretty much saying, hey, you guys created this. We don't want to put our spin on it. We, that was the thing we struggled right. with and initially working with our first few sculptors. You know, why don't we do my version of the Lancer? It's like, right. well, that's cares. Right. It's the, remove ego from, yeah. from us and recreate what, you know, you fell in love with. You know, like you said, Marston, do yeah. you want what Rockstar created or what, what we believe 
you know, is a representation of him because that's not what you fell in love with. Well, you maybe know? maybe at this point it could be both. You know, I mean, I think you guys are establishing yourselves as your own auteurs in this field as well. Uh, but but I think when you go to a concert and you hear Aerosmith, and yeah. you and I are always going to Aerosmith. Yeah, all concerts. the time. As many, like 45 I've seen. <laughs> and they play Love in an Elevator. You want the one you hear on the radio. That's our song. Right. That yeah. is. <laughs> you want the radio version. You don't want Steven Tyler going off on a tangent. Though. No, is he don't. the lead singer? Yeah. No, I'm good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a great analogy. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, uh, so, so I got to meet you guys at New York Comic Con. Yeah. You guys had a huge footprint there. You guys had, uh, literally, you were on a red carpet, I believe. Mm. The booth was beautiful. All kinds of uh, handcrafted, uh, beautiful works of art behind glass. Um, the, uh, what other cons are you going to, and what kind of experience did you have in New York this year? Oh, the New York experience was great. I mean, the best thing about conventions for us is we get to meet guys like you, and we yeah. get to meet fans. And these are people who we interact with on our social media, who email us, who call the office. Some of them are customers. Some of them That's want to be customers. Some of them are just people who decide they want to reach out and either rip us or compliment <laughs> us or whatever it is. So, yeah, God, God, God bless the Internet. Um, it's usually about the prices. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> but, but, again, the idea of being able to sit with these people and have them say to us, oh, my God, I got your... Your, your Lancer, or, or I got your M8 Avenger, and I love it. It's my favorite thing in my whole collection, and, yeah, awesome. and I can't wait for you to do this. I mean, that's a great thing, and, and we yeah. get to meet amazing people. Is New York uh, a bit different because it's, it's hometown for you? Yeah, well, we, yeah. we, we can also, I mean, the, yeah. obviously we do San Diego, but the biggest problem with San Diego right it's now a footprint. is a footprint. <laughs> Our footprint is like a baby footprint. I yeah. believe it's closet. Yeah. <laughs> you got the yeah. closet size booth. Yeah, that's awesome. Right, maybe an oversized closet. Um, when we did Toronto, we did Fan Expo, uh, was which awesome. was amazing. We got to go to right. Toronto, a city we'd never been to with the products, and we got to meet. That was a great experience. A whole right. bunch of amazing people who, again, we'd interacted with, and and we, you know, we're definitely going to do uh, the show up there again. It was. It was it was very affordable, and it actually cost us less to go to Toronto yeah. than it did to do New York. True, true yeah. story. I mean, I would say three to four times less. So, oh, so wow. that's that's yeah. great. That's great. And, and, and a shout out to the Canadian uh, fan base. Um, one thing, remember, you know, one thing we were super impressed by uh, for everybody in Toronto was uh, how respectful they were of the actual products and the booths and, and yeah. displays and and ourselves. Where we were saying we were so amazed. You know, after every day we're usually cleaning the display cases during beginning during and after the show in new york it's it's a constant like every two hours we're whipping out the <laughs> yeah, silicone spray and we, we use like those high-end plasma cleaners and whatnot and uh, in toronto not a single fingerprint that's canada and that's awesome. polite people that's awesome yeah and we we were I, you know i'm a big fan of uh you know people being courteous and stuff i'm a huge fan of that so that's when we saw we were super impressed because it allowed us to focus on being with the fans and, and not quote unquote doing security that's right uh, yeah where it's new york wow. <laughs> have you ever had any security problems have people tried to because it's pretty high it, it does look like you're breaking into a museum totally. there. they got the glass These are and museum the quality pieces have absolutely. you guys ever had anybody who's just too crazed and got carried away well, I, I had one incident. Yeah. It was San Diego a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, when this was when we used to still display product yeah. and let people yeah. touch it. And <clears throat> excuse me, someone grabbed the Lancer, yeah. and like I was gonna let him pick it up anyway, but he grabbed it with like one hand. It was like kind of trying to wield yeah. it, and he smashed it into something. And then like he looked at me like, what? Yeah, yeah. what? Was it Tommy Tallarico? What? It's just like, hey, if we have something out for display that you can touch. Easy. Yeah. You're gonna get turned. Yeah, yeah. Relax. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah. We like I, that's that was. We were super impressed by that. And the questions they came with, uh, you know, the people from Toronto. And I guess I don't know if it's a Canadian thing, but <laughs> they made great conversation. And it's, it's couldn't understand anybody. No. Yeah. We we have great. some some polite, smart geeks up here in Canada, man. And yeah. I'm glad that you got a chance to hang out with everybody. Let's talk about some of the stuff that you guys are working on. Obviously, Gears of War has been a successful line for you, but. Uh, you've also been working with The Last of Us. You've got, I mean, I, I would probably hazard a guess that this year, The Last of Us and Arkham Origins are your two most important Asking franchises. What their new dolls are? They're not dolls. These are <laughs> these are museum quality statues and are. replicas. They're not. They don't make dolls. That's great. I love yeah. hearing that. Dolls. <laughs> Just try to make uh, them mad. Uh, and we showed off some cool new origin stuff yeah. at uh, That's huge at, at um, New York, which was cool. We did the Last of Us statue for the collector's edition. We're yeah. working on uh, a new 
piece, which would be, yeah, which would be, you know, a, a resin 20, 20, 24-inch statue of uh, some of your favorite characters from The Last of Us. Nice. Uh, and then we we showed off this for the first time on Slatted In. Yeah, from or so Origins obviously yeah. being a big one for us. Huge fans of Rocksteady, right? We great relationship with them. We want to continue with their we did with Arkham oh, City, working with WB Montreal and Oh here is the, how uh, you tease. Oh, oh, it's Black Mask. It's Skull space. Man. Is That's it Skull, Scullio? No, Black Mask. Scullio? You learn your Batman. Skuller? It's Black Mask. Yeah. The Death Skull. This is, uh, Black Mask, as you guys know, is Roman Sionist, right? And uh, he is a new main antagonist uh, for Batman Arkham Origins. So creepy. Uh, it's like my ex-wife. Yeah, that, so the, the idea, so one of the things the Batman products we're super proud of, uh, we work closely with, super close with the devs. Uh, when it was Rocksteady, we were working closely with uh, Dax, Dax and uh, Dax Skin and Paul Crocker, who yeah, was yeah, the yeah. Uh, lead writer on the yep. Arkham Salt City. And we always try to dis tie our displays or bases into the fiction. So for Nightwing, it was his... You know, what would be Dick Grayson's weapons rack? Where does he rack his Escrima sticks and his wrist stars? Yeah. Because he doesn't have the back cave, per se. Yeah. He has his apartment, right? Yeah. And what does that look like? So working closely with Paul Crocker on that, we, we got a letter from, uh, you know, Dick Grayson's mother uh, uh, three nights before they were, you know, murdered. And it kind of tells the story about oh, how. Oh, wow. Yeah, he had wrote, had, you know, wrote the letter, and we hired uh, someone to do cursive, right? The you know, calligraphy. the calligraphy. Just oh to my do god, a that's passage. awesome! I got chills, man. That's incredible. Yeah, and, and it, thank you, appreciate that. And yeah. and uh, you know, the idea is it was kind of his hurt locker. We yeah. had uh, three hidden components, and not only do you get his wrist darts, his scream of sticks, uh, the letter, you also get a, uh, a uh, great fl forever flying Grayson's poster right. from the old school circus. Right. Again, you know, work with Rocksteady on it, provided yeah. uh, by us. And then uh, the the original, his first Robin badge from his uh, armor, nice. you know, from nice. his suit. Nice. So he kept the first one. It's all beat to shit and nice. uh, or beat to hell. How and, much? Uh, how much <laughs> is this? Is this sixty dollars? That's about twenty two ninety nine, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't even know yet. This is this has got it's a little bit of love. You it, can show. It, it's getting a lot more. It's oh, got okay. all the um. So again, telling a story. This is Roman's base per se. His his rack. Yeah. All these different masks on the bottom are the generals and lieutenents that you fight throughout the campaign. Oh wow. So oh, there's wow. about twelve different masks, and they're all represented along the bottom. So look, each one of these. Look at his face. I, well, what's what's really becoming clear because today I just saw the new Batman Arkham Origins TV spot. I'm sure you guys have seen that. It, as we're recording this, it just it it, it went today, and it's the uh, Bruce Wayne from a kid to uh, you know wearing the Batman mask, and he's getting all beat to hell in the in the clip. <laughs> Games are making us jump into the boots and and live the life of these characters in a way that we haven't been able to before and what you guys are doing is an extension of that you're actually letting us have the props and the uh and the you know the masks and the and the weapons of of these characters that we are inhabiting it's it's amazing i'm going to class the show up for a second yeah alas for yurik <laughs> first shakespeare reference ever on the show that's great that's, that's great that's awesome yeah. And that's kind of what we're going for, you know. Even so, this piece alone, you know, has has a story behind it. Eric Holmes did a great way, uh, s described him in a great way. Uh, Black Mask. He described him as faux classy. Yeah. You know, he, he's kind of faux classy. He's very t gaudy, and so he said, "Can you make the base look a little, kind of like an old school marble, but not quite, you know, because traditionally Black Mask made the helmet from his father's coffin, right?" Yeah. Uh, are we getting slow? Yeah, just yeah, one second. On we one got a little sec. static on our end. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, so, so we'll just kind of we'll just pick it up from uh, 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 talking talking about uh, what what you're doing with Arkham Origins. But is, are there other are there other games that you guys are working on with this year? Yeah. Well, yeah, actually, right behind us, and I can certainly move it forward. I don't know if you guys can see. Yeah, bring but it we, forward. Uh, that's that's one of the mechs from Hawking. Um, oh, well. Obviously, we're again not afraid of size, and, and like I said, I can bring it closer. But it's a it's a 24 inch mech. It's Patrick. It's yeah. It's what, that's that's their hero mech. Right. That, that's, that's, that's something new for us. You know, we've done a lot of weapons. We've done a lot of character pieces. So the idea of 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 expanding into vehicles and mechs is something cool for us. So it's it, we're having a lot of fun doing that. So let me yeah, ask you a question. Oh, go ahead, Rob. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no problem. I was just going to say, obviously, in New York Comic Con, he was fully assembled. Um, we've since then removed his uh, his, his gun arms because we're retweaking some of the details we weren't too happy with. 
That's awesome. So, what are, your, what are your, uh, what are your, what, what, I mean, just, to, just a quick flyover. What are your private lives like? Do you guys have families? <laughs> Do you uh, have people who love you and care about you and support this? Or are you both married or? Uh, I am married. I have two uh, daughters, and I have a dog named Chewbacca. Yes. Uh, Chewbacca, also a little side note, put me through my paces the other night. He decided that he wanted to try chocolate for the first time. Oh! Unwrapped. He unwrapped 16 full-size Hershey bars and took them all down. So Monday night, I got to spend yeah. in the doggy emergency room with him. Oh wow! Oh god! Yeah. So that that was an adventure. But Chewbacca. Yeah, so, I, I, yeah, always think, <laughs> like you said in Jedi, I always think him with his stomach. So, uh, and they're incredibly supportive. And yeah, you know, my wife always teases me and calls me a nerd. And I'm like, well, that's funny because you totally sleep with a nerd, yeah. and that makes you way worse than me. Uh, <laughs> I, my my older daughter is a huge gamer. Huge gamer. Huge gamer. Um, I'll call the office and give us critiques on games. Obsessed with achievements. Yeah, achievements oh, wow. and, and yeah. love Sonic the Hedgehog and love yeah. Skylanders. And, and my younger daughter uh, is, is a full-on princess. And she loves everything I do as long as it comes in pink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when we made the pink, uh, the Catwoman Riddler trophy from, from uh, Arkham City, she was over the moon. That's awesome. Daddy made me a pink trophy. Daddy made me a pink the trophy. Pink, pink, we had also made a pink Lancer for right. uh, Cliff Blazinski, uh, at the time, fiance. Right. right. Well, Lauren, yeah, cool. Yeah, and uh, I remember that conversation <laughs> vividly with uh, you know with, with Cliff because we jokingly called it, what, what, what was the, the name? The Deadly Cube. Yeah, the Deadly, because going back and forth with Cliff, we're like, hey, Cliff, why don't we trick it out with you know, over a thousand Swarovski crystals? And he was like, "Yeah, we we hand selected the exact color and everything. We it's a custom paint job." And uh, he's like, "I don't. I mean, I keep calling it the pink lancer. I was like, why don't we call it the deadly cute? And we put a little pink heart and wrote deadly cute. And what was crazy is that made, made it, that, it into the uh, made it into the game multiplayer. Skin. That's wow. what, that's awesome. And that's that's what's a really cool kind of underline on on your company is that that's what's starting to happen more and more. And you are now working in tandem. And I think it's really. That's part of what makes the video game industry so special. It's so incredibly collaborative. And if you do step it up, like a lot of these guys have, have broken into building their own games, you know, have either created levels or created their own indie works, and then they've been a, become part of bigger teams or not. Uh, but they've, they've kind of shown their passion through the, their you know, uh, ability to get something done. And I think that's exactly what you guys did. And now you are, you're part of the video game industry, which is awesome. We appreciate we, we, that. And it's an honor to be part of an industry. And again, look at just the companies that we work with. Yeah, I mean, Epic, everybody we BioWare, Rocksteady. Naughty Dog, Rocksteady, yeah. W Montreal. I mean, you know, the, the, these are just, you know, I mean, they're off the charts, these teams. They're just extraordinarily talented yeah, people. Yeah, games at the time. Right. Yeah, I still. mean, like, what, who, who are we to be working with those guys? So <laughs> yeah, we're just are, trying to keep up. These are the guys awesome. we want. Rob, I noticed we skipped over your personal life. Oh, I mean, Illuminate. <laughs> I mean, you could you could see the record online. I mean, it's pretty. Just started at JV when I was younger, but no, uh, no. I, I, my, my girlfriend's super supportive of it. She's oh, in the great. so uh, totally different fields, but uh, she she comes to the shows and oh, super actually, support. Yeah. When she when she came to San Diego, she was first like, oh, I don't know, and she left with how many boxes of stuff? Yeah, it was, she, <laughs> she now has the collecting bug. She's obsessed with now. She's a collector, so her apartment is looking very much like. Wow my entire <laughs> that's amazing so it's uh yeah she got um but yeah my family so I, I have an old school european croatian mom and dad you know and uh they're super supportive my father came out to new york which was cool to see him my, yeah. my parents last year so my brother um you know they they've always been uh my parents have always kind of grounded me in work you know like that old school way of hey you you earn everything you get you earn you know so i was i never had the car i had to earn that and uh, my dad had me mowing lawns when I was 14. So, and I, now I think of more than ever because of the work ethic. That is, you know, that is it, man. You got to have passion and you got to have work ethic and it's paying off. Where can people buy your stuff? ProjectTriforce.com. Okay. Um, you can also check us out on Facebook at Project Triforce or follow us on Twitter. And, you know, uh, you sign up for a newsletter, you get first crack at products, you'll hear announcements. We always run contests, distributors, um, on the social media, diamond distributors as well. Awesome. What about a retail store? Anything? Uh, any plans? Yeah. Anything like that? Well, for <laughs> us, we've been actually kicking that. Out. I mean, it, it, it would be more of like a galleria. Yeah. Like a, um, but we've been we've been kicking that idea around. I mean, 
That that for sure. And I mean, and one of the things too, not to switch topics that Victor touched upon, like um, you know, being part of the industry. Now we're actually uh, we've split the company. Uh, we're actually in this. I don't know if this is exclusive reveal or anything, but we're doing digital asset creation for. So you'll be playing a lot of our high poly models in these in future titles. That's awesome. Wow. That's awesome. You guys are a, guys. You're a phenomenal story and it's really wonderful to see, uh, you know, dreamers make good and, and work hard <laughs> and hustle and get out there and uh, huge fan of the work that you guys are doing. Thank them for sending you the nice thing. Oh yeah. Sent. And you sent me one of those after Comic-Con this year, you sent me one of those uh, kick-ass green Riddler statues and it's, you know, prominently displayed in We didn't work my... for two days. He just yeah, stared like, at it with his jaw hanging. <laughs> office and then find it and then stream achievement unlock yeah <laughs> right. it's exactly that no it's it's amazing you guys and th thanks for being on the show let's go to new york we'll go to the workshop we'll spend some time with these guys we would love to that's awesome <laughs> thanks guys you guys rock thank Good you for being you on both. the show thank, thank you so much for having us best of luck Mwah. oh you getting <laughs> kisses thanks, that's right kisses <laughs> see you guys soon <laughs> all right <laughs> bye guys <laughs> see you soon Man, those guys are awesome. Yep. Super this friendly. Is the tough part, though, you couldn't see a lot of the things they were. No. They were sh trying to show us. No. And uh, they were showing us through a Skype window. Yeah. Which. So they were describing the stuff, but you got to see this stuff and, for yourself. Go to the website will. projecttriforce.com. Yeah. Go to go to projecttriforce.com definitely. But people will soon see some of the other cool stuff that we are working on. Uh, that's not just audio related, but it's too soon to uh, tell people what right, that well, is. All right, well, listen, yeah. uh, before we, we're done teasing people for today's show, yes. listen, you asked me what I was playing. What, what are you playing? Are you still playing GTA V? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I absolutely I think love I'm done. the game. I'm done. Really? No, I love the game. I think. Uh, I'm into Batman now. Yeah, I'm into Batman too. Yeah. And NBA 2K14. All right, well, you it's know. A, it's an amazing place. time. Pokemon, I was playing that. I was like, man, this is fun. I get it now. This is uh, like I've taken a nice big long break from Pokemon, and then X and Y comes out. I download the thing. I'm like, this is really two cool. Parts, two references today that you said things that made me want to throw up. One was singing in the rain, and now the other one's Pokemon. I, listen, I ha I what are you doing? I have the heart on the show, all right? It's not I, the heart. I carry the heart of the show. Scott Reality, check you Jones. You carry the, the practical uh, brain power of the show, and fifth that's estate. how it works. You say see it, I say don't see I it. See fifth, I say see Fifth Estate, even if it just get, you know sparks your interest in learning more about it. I know it's a bit cheese ball. Carrie, we got screwed out of a screening. They yeah, didn't screen cares? it here in Vancouver, I so give, forget yeah, it. Yeah, if they didn't screen it, you know it's not going to be that great. And, That's uh, our prediction. Escape anyway. Plan, we did not see, but I kind of want to see I wanna it. I want to see that, and yeah. I have no idea why. Maybe we'll go see it on the weekend. I'm busy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, go, I'm actually going to play laser tag this weekend. Oh, yeah? Yeah, out in Richmond. I'll be playing Batman when I'm not hanging out with Ruby watching Singing in the Rain. All right. Okay, and All I'm right. sorry for being cheesy, but... Uh, That's okay. I, I like it. I, I would I love like to it. hear... I love your heart. I would love to hear other people's uh, thoughts on this mass consumption, uh, everything digitized the world that we're moving in into. in our face. Yeah, like, yeah. How, do you, are you just always... You what know, are we when we're things? How many, how many shows and games and movies? How much stuff are you addicted to? Right. And how do you balance that? And what have are we life? when we're not? Yes. When we're not consuming? Right. Who are you? Right. Right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I know it sounds a little. What about when you're making love? <laughs> well, Barry White. Yeah. And Marvin Gaye. Yeah, that's no. right. So I guess you are consuming. <laughs> no, but I, it, I mean, it, it does sound a little weird for us as critics and as, as consumers. Yeah, people that. You know, communicate but about how cool much. this stuff is. It's, but, but we're both yeah, but we're trying. But we're human beings. We're saturated, and we're trying to figure it out too, yeah. right? Yeah, I know it's a crazy time. But anyways, we love what we get to do, and we, we love, love the PlayStation you, Four, even we, though we don't have them yet. So <laughs> hey, what the hell? I've been playing the Invisible PlayStation Four. It's awesome. Beep boop 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 boop. boop. And we do love uh, you guys supporting us and listening, and we'd love your feedback. And remember, I, you did can I find cut us you off today? I just cut you off right, right there. there. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on. Stitcher? Stitcher! Yeah, we're on Stitcher. What? I don't even know what that is. Uh, it's a podcast service. But uh, uh, we're all over the place. Look for us. And uh, we're also at VicBasement.com. Where are ubiquitous. You, and you can also download the podcast now. So if you want to store it to any device that you have, go ahead and do that. Thanks for listening, all everybody. All right, Franklin. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.